Again, we'd just like to say again, it's really so good to see all of our guests, especially Wiley, Wiley Beck, this man back here. I have known him for years. Actually, he's known me longer than I think I've known him. He's known, he known me when I was a little baby, a little, little kid, you know, so it's good to have him, praise the Lord, with us and all of our guests this morning. In Romans, the fifth chapter, we're going to talk about peace again. The peace of God again. And I am going to do my best to finish this. I really believe that we could spend several weeks upon this subject because it's what we need, especially right now in this hour, is we need peace as the people of God. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of turmoil in the world today. But the people of God have peace. And we're not walking in fear like the rest of the world, or we shouldn't walk in fear like the rest of the world. The Bible talks about men's hearts failing them for fear of those things that they see coming upon the world. But the church is not like that. We have a peace that we can walk in. And so we're going to talk about peace again this morning. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore being justified. Of course the word justified means to be in right relationship with God. Or it is righteous with Him. To be in a right relationship with God. Being justified by faith. What is the results of this justification? What is the work of a right relationship with God? What does it produce in your life? What difference does it make? What changes have taken place? Since you came into the kingdom of God by the new birth. Amen. Well the work of righteousness is peace. Prophet Isaiah literally says that the work of righteousness is peace. So when you get in a right relationship with God, then you begin to walk in peace because there's peace between you and God. Because you've been reconciled to God, you're no longer at war with God. Amen. And if you're no longer at war with God, then you have peace. And if you've got peace with God, that means you'll have peace with yourself. You're no longer going to be at war with yourself. Or hating yourself because guilt produces the hatred that you had for yourself and because the guilt has been removed because of your relationship with God now you no longer hate yourself so you're no longer at war with yourself you're no longer at war with your past your present or your future if you've got a right relationship with God so the results of this relationship called justification with God is peace say peace and it's through our Lord Jesus Christ that we get this peace. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord today, you have no peace. Verse 2 says, By whom also we have access or introduction by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. Knowing that tribulation worketh perseverance. So he says even when we go through tribulation, we still rejoice. Because tribulation works endurance or perseverance or an overcoming spirit. So that we know tribulation doesn't even come between us and God. And patience or perseverance, endurance, overcoming spirit, experience. Say experience. Experience, this is literally a place of purification. You have been made pure. 
Experience there is a little bit misleading, but it's a purification. And experience hope. And again, hope is not this, well, I just hope we make it. You know, some of this, this fatalistic attitude the church has, we're just hoping, you know, that it works out okay. But that's not what this hope is. This hope is a confident assurance that everything is going to be all right. A confident assurance. I'm sure it's going to be all right. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified or in right relationship or righteous by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. So we're no longer at war. He's no longer at war with us. If we're walking in this relationship called righteousness. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled. Reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Say the atonement. The literal Hebrew word means this, peace with God. So again, it takes you back to peace. Are you with me today? Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your awesome word today. You are great and greatly to be praised. We thank you for your anointing. That you would inspire us. Let your word go forth into the lives of people. Transforming them in Jesus name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Another scripture in the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 9. You'll turn there please. Isaiah 9 verse 6 and 7. 9, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is literally known as the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government. And that's where we stop most of the time in quoting this verse. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment or with equity and with justice. From henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Hallelujah. So when we look at the word of God, then we understand that now because Jesus Christ has come, we are in a brand new age. We're in a brand new world. If you have been born again into the kingdom of God, 
then you're in a totally different realm. You're in a totally different dimension. You're still in this old world. This old world is passing. It's fading. But the real true world is the kingdom of God. You have been translated out of the old age. And you have been put into the new age. You need to understand that. You need to get a hold of that. You are not what you used to be or who you used to be. When you got born again. The time of your justification was when you got born again. And so when you came in the kingdom of God, then you got what? Translated and transformed, brought into his kingdom, into a totally new age, which began when Jesus came into the world. Do you understand that? The Old Testament prophets, we talked about this last week, their focus was upon this new age that was going to come. They talked about the last days. Now, the last days are not just the last days that begin with the tribulation period and go on into the battle of Armageddon and the kingdom age. That is not the only last days. You are right now in the last days. When the Holy Ghost is poured out in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says it plunged you into the messianic kingdom and it puts you in the last days. Almost 2,000 years ago, the last days begun. And so when those prophets talked about the last days, They talked about the time when Jesus Christ would come into the world and bring in the new age. And you're in that time right now. Okay. Go to Hebrews. Let me show you. Hebrews chapter 1. Amen. Verse 1. God who at sundry times and divers manners spake in what? Time past. Unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days. So Paul puts us in the last days. He put himself in the last days when he wrote Hebrews. Okay. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds or the ages. So when Jesus Christ came into the world... He brought in the last days and he brought in the new age. When Jesus was born, that was the beginning of the new age. Now at Pentecost, that's when his body, the church, was brought into uh, existence in the new age. By the, you understand what I'm talking about? In, in the full, fullest sense of the term. Okay, his body in the fullest sense of the term. His body or the church. On the day of Pentecost around 30 AD or so but Jesus when he came he came when he came he actually began the new age or the last days let me explain to you when Jesus came he uh, we have the body of Christ Jesus is the Lord Jesus Christ so he is the body okay in whom God dwelt so when did the body of Christ come into existence at Pentecost No, the body of Christ came in existence when he was conceived and then born. All right? right. And then 30 years later, in the Feast of Pentecost, the church became the body of Christ. So the point is, when the body of Christ came into the world with Jesus' conception and his birth, and then the day of Pentecost, his body as a whole, corporate man, that is when the new age began. 
Okay? The old age of the wrath of God and death and the condemnation of the law was fulfilled, was ended at the time Jesus died on the cross. That doesn't mean that we don't obey the commandments of the Old Testament. But the condemnation of the law is no longer upon us. So I'm no longer, if I'm in the new age by the new birth, I'm no longer walking under the wrath of God. I'm no longer walking underneath the old covenant. I'm no longer walking under the condemnation of the law. But I am now walking in, because of a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I am not walk, I'm walking now in peace. I'm now walking in life. I'm not walking in death. I'm walking in life. I'm not walking in the old. I'm walking in the new. I'm not the old man. I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. Do you understand? And the only way that can happen is if you get born again of the water and the Spirit. Do you understand? So when I live, I live as a contradiction to this world. My life is a contradiction to this natural world. Do you understand? It's a contradiction. We talked about how that when you come in the kingdom of God, the nations will flow up the mountain into Zion. Rivers don't flow upward, they flow downward. So when you flow upward in the kingdom of God, you are living a life that is opposite from this world. It is a contradiction to this world. It is totally different. Isaiah talked about it. So anyway, Isaiah and the prophets, etc. preached about this time that was going to come. When Jesus the Messiah would come. That he would bring in this new world or this new age. Are you understanding this? They look forward to the time when the lamb would lay down with the lion, with the child. When the child would play with the asp. They look forward for that time. Are you with me? Now, literally, I know right now the lamb doesn't lay down with the lion. And literally right now, I know a child doesn't play with a serpent. Okay? Do you understand? But in the spirit, we can. In the spirit, we've given up our poison. Do you understand? In the spirit, the lamb is laying down with the lion. They look forward to that time. Isaiah talked about it in chapter 9. Anyway, we discussed this. That was the focus of the prophets. This new age that would come in Jesus Christ and He'd bring life and peace into the world and people would be translated into a different realm, a different kingdom and live totally different from the rest of the world. They would beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and they will cease learning war. So there's war all around you, but as far as you are concerned, you have taken your sword and beat it into a plowshare. You have taken your your spear and turned it into a pruning hook so that everything that was destructive against you now has become productive in you. Come on. Even tribulation causes production in you now. So you've got war all around you, but you're walking in peace. And we learned that peace is a commodity. That when you come into the kingdom of God because of a right relationship with the Lord, it's available to you right now. You are to walk in that new age. You are to get a change of mind. 
You're to change your mind. You're to repent. You're to change your mind about your lifestyle, about the way you think, about your attitudes. You're not in this world. You're in the kingdom of God now. You are governed by a totally different spirit. Amen. Do you understand that? My spirit's there. If you could see my spirit right now in union with Jesus, if you could see the glory on the inside of me, it would blow your mind. If I could see the glory that is inside of you because you're in union with Jesus Christ, it would blow my mind. But it's veiled by the flesh. And you know where the problem is? It's not in my spirit. It's in my mind. It's in my soul realm. My spirit is saved. My soul is being saved. And my body will be saved. So the problem is not on the inside of me. I've got glory, man, in union with Jesus. The problem is getting my soul or my mind where my spirit is. And my job this morning is to get your mind where your spirit is. Come on. Get your mind, your soul, where your spirit is. In that realm of glory and peace and life and victory. Hallelujah. Because I look out here and I see a lot of people who have a lot of question marks on their face. And their face is full of worry and fear and doubt. My job today is to let you know you don't have to walk in that fear and that worry and that doubt and that defeat and that discouragement at war with yourself at war with your family come on the only thing I'm at war with is the devil I'm at war with the devil I'm at war with sin I'm at war with anything that would hinder that peace in my life and that relationship with God I'm at war with all of that but I'm no longer at war with God I've been reconciled to God God is no longer at war with me as long as I'm walking in relationship with Him. So I got good news for you. God's not mad at me this morning. God's not mad at you this morning if you're in a right relationship with Him. Come on, somebody. It's awesome to walk in this realm. But we got to get our mind where our spirit is. And remember again, peace is a commodity. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Come on. So he gives us his peace. If he gave it to me and I'm not walking in it, that means I've laid it down somewhere. If when he came and he brought this kingdom and this new age in the spirit into the world right now, and I've been translated into that kingdom, if I'm not walking in peace, he left it, why aren't I walking in peace? Because I left it somewhere. Peace is a commodity. You can take it or you can leave it. Luke chapter 10 tells you when you go into the house of a son of peace, leave your peace. But if you, if you don't find a son of peace there, don't leave it. That means take it with you. So peace is something. It's not an emotion. Come on. You can be in the midst of conflict and tribulation and problem. Peace is not an emotion. It'll affect you emotionally, but peace is a decision that you make. I take my peace right now. I got trouble all around me. I got tribulation all around me, but I choose peace. And I'm constantly finding myself now, especially since last week, 
finding myself when I get into situations. I get in trouble sometimes and things arise. You know what I do? I can choose to go off. Come on. I can choose to worry about everything. And that's a sin. Come on. Or I can say, you know what? Boy, I really feel my, the temperature rising here. But I think I'll just take peace right now. And I'll just walk in calm assurance that everything's going to be okay. It's all falling apart around me, but I'm going to take my peace. And I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to doubt. I'm going to take it. So peace is something you can take, you choose, or you can leave it. It's available to you right now. You can be full of fear and stay that way. Even after I get through preaching, you can still walk out of here full of fear and doubt and death if you want to. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to believe the word of the Lord. I'm going to take my peace. Even in the face of death, even in the face of death, you can take your peace. The peace of God which passes all understanding. It goes beyond your understanding. It goes beyond your emotion. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts. It'll keep you. It's something that doesn't, it passes natural understanding. For somebody to have peace when everything's going wrong around them. Even in the face of death. People, I, and most of the time when I talk to people in the face of death, if they know God, they say, I just have this supernatural peace. So even in the face of death, you can walk in the peace of God because you choose peace. So I'm going to take my peace this morning. I'm not going to leave it. I'm going to take it. The only time I'm going to leave peace if I find a son of peace. Praise the Lord. God's awesome today. So we have to learn how to walk. We have to learn how to change our mind about what is happening around us. Instead of getting all tore up and worrying about everything and losing control, you know. And come on. Letting that thing take the victory from us. Say, no, Lord, your peace is available to me right now. I walk in that peace. And everybody else around me, they're freaking and they're going crazy and they're worried, you know, about everything that's going on. And how are we going to take care of that? And how are we going to pay for that? And how are we going to deal with this storm and all of that, you know? They're so worried about that. But the Bible says in Isaiah that the church is not to fear what they fear. You're not supposed to fear the economy. God is in charge of the economy. You're not supposed to fear the future. God is in charge of the future. You're not supposed to fear the past. God has taken care of your past. You're not supposed to worry about the present. God is in your present. But you look at the world, man. They're freaking out right now. They're walking in fear because all these calamities that are hitting this, age, hitting this world. But I'm telling you right now that God is taking peace from them. You know why? Because He wants them to see that the only peace is located in Him. Come on. You look at those millions of people getting out of Houston, Texas, man. 
They're running out of there as fast as they can. And I probably would too, but I'd still have peace. I'd exercise some wisdom. But I'm telling you, most of those people have put their confidence in the wrong place. So God is literally taking peace from this earth. So that people will run to the Prince of Peace. And get in a relationship with Him. Because you cannot have peace without Jesus Christ. And if you've got the Lord in your life and you've been reconciled and you're born again, then you now as a born again believer need to walk in that change. You need to learn to walk in that reality. You need to learn to live that way. See, I want the world when they look at my face to see something different than what they've got. And if they see my face and I'm full of worry and death is covering me, I, oh, come on, somebody. Then how can I manifest His glory? I need to be walking in faith. Confident assurance. Hope that everything is going to be all right. And if it is falling apart, there's a reason for it. And that's to drive you to despair. And that despair is to drive you into the arms of the Prince of Peace. This world has tried to remove the Prince of Peace. And because that they have no peace. So the Lord said, all right, I'll take peace from your earth so that you will come to me. And get a right relationship with me. And be reconciled with me. And then you'll have peace. Now I'm not preaching to the world this morning. I'm preaching to the church. Are you walking in fear? Are you worrying? Are you walking in doubt? Or you have chosen peace? Come on. We're living a different kingdom. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of power. The kingdom of victory. I'm in a brand new age. I am a contradiction. You're a contradiction to this world. Well, aren't you worried about that? Aren't you concerned about that? Aren't, aren't you scared? See what's happening in the world? Aren't you afraid? No! Why not? Because I've got the one in my life who's in control of the world. I've got the one in my life who's in control of the universe. I've got the one in my life who's in control of the economy. I don't even walk in the economy of this world. I walk in the economy of a new age. I'm in the eye of the storm. Standing calm, cool, collected. Walking in the peace of God. And if you're not, then you are not walking in what God wants you to walk in. You need to take your peace. Pick it up right now. Pick it up and say, I'm walking in peace this morning. Now, number one. I am in peace because I've been reconciled to God. I have objective peace. I have a relationship with God. The goal has been met. Because now there's no war between me and my God. I have a relationship with Him. And it's an awesome thing to walk with God in a relationship. You understand? And then I have subjective peace, which means the peace of God that I have, because I am in right relationship with Him, is now expressed in multitude and many faceted ways. Say, peace expresses itself. So you should be expressing the peace that you have. 
You can't walk around and say, I got peace without expressing it. I'm telling y'all, look at people sitting in the pew constantly. And they're so full of fear and worry and defeat. And they've got a victim mentality instead of a victor's mentality. We should have a victor's mentality and not a victim's mentality. And I encouraged you last week to change your, you know, change your face. Let your face know you're saved. Some of you need to tell your face, face, you're saved. Because I can't tell by looking at you if you are. So you need to tell your face, face, you're saved. You need to tell your face, stop worrying, face. Stop looking like that face. Stop being a billboard to the world. Announcing how, how much problems you have and how hard it is. Nobody wants to hear that. They don't care. They want to see an answer. They want to see somebody walking in the kingdom of God. They got problems. Why are you going to dump yours on them? Why are you going to go around and say, oh, look, I'm just having so many problems. Can't you see? Yeah, we know that. But here's the thing. Everybody has tribulation. Everybody has problems. There's nobody that doesn't. But what makes the difference is somebody walks in faith and takes their peace. And the other one lets the worry and the doubt and the fear and the victim mentality dominate and control them. God has not called me to that. I'm at war right now, but not with God. I'm at war with this world, this, this old age. I'm at war with demonic powers. I'm at war with anything that opposes the Christ and his God. But that peace that I have gives me the ability to fight the fight. It is the equipment that causes what would, would have destroyed me to become something productive. A plowshare. Come on. And a pruning hook. You know why? Because I chose peace. Instead of surrendering, I chose peace. I can handle it now. Do you understand? So because you are reconciled to God and you have a relationship with God and because you're at peace with God, then you should have peace individually. And if a nation is at peace with God, then the nation will have peace. And if the world is at peace with God, then the world would have peace. But without that, there is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Mm -mm. Any individual that doesn't have a relationship with God has no peace. The nation has no peace outside of God. The world has no peace outside of God. But I'm looking at some people who are walking in this earth should manifest Jesus Christ and the peace of God and the power of God and the victory of God and the salvation of God in their life. So it should be expressed. Come on. So when you go through all these things and tribulations we talked about how that's just dance lessons with God. Because literally joy and peace are dancing together in Romans chapter 5. And all the tribulation and all the perseverance that I have to go through and everything, it produces a hope in me. And you know what? Ultimately, that causes a hope that is not ashamed. And I'm just going to dance with God, man. See, I'm dancing with God. I'm a contradiction to this world. Hallelujah. 
So expressions, expressions of that peace that we have, these dance lessons that we have with God. Hallelujah. See, a lot of you think that God wants to kill you. And He does. In a sense, He wants to kill you. He wants to kill what you want. He wants to kill my flesh. He's killing my flesh. He's killing my will. He's killing my want to. Okay, so in a sense, He's killing me. But on the other hand, that produces peace. Now watch. Are y'all with me here today? Remember Mephibosheth in the Old Testament? See, we have an introduction. We have an access to God. Right? Mephibosheth was called by King David. He was a descendant of Saul. And Saul was an enemy of David. And David called Mephibosheth to the throne. You know what Mephibosheth thought? The king's going to kill me. He's going to kill me when I get there. Now Mephibosheth, in case some of you haven't read your Bible yet, was a young man who was a descendant of Saul who was dropped by a nurse. Come on. And fell and was, became crippled. And this little boy named Mephibosheth, who was crippled because of the fall, was called by King David into the king's presence. And Mephibosheth thought in his mind, the king is going to kill me. I'm a dog. But when King David called Mephibosheth, this lame young man, because of the fall, David didn't call him to kill him. David didn't look at him as an enemy. The king, watch this, called him to show him loving kindness. Or to show him mercy. And when David, when Mephibosheth walked up there again, he thought the king was going to kill him. But David said, no, I'm going to show you the loving kindness of God. I'm going to show you how good God is, how gracious God is, how kind God is. Are you here tonight, today? And he took this lame young man because of the fall. Come on. Placed him at his table. Where his lameness was covered. You couldn't even see his lameness when he was sitting at the table with the king. And he did eat the king's meat. And the point is this. When Adam fell in the garden. We then thought God was going to kill us. Come on. But instead God came to show you the loving kindness of God. His mercy and his grace. You were lame because of the fall. But when you came, you were introduced into the presence of the king. He set you down at his table. Now I can't even see you lame. I can't even see where you have fallen. I see you sitting at the king's table as one of the king's son. Not as a dog. But having the privileges of the king of kings and the lord of lords. So I have an introduction. I have access into the presence of the loving kindness or the grace of God. I have been invited by God to sit at his table where my lameness has been covered. Nobody can see it. The results of the fall have been removed. Come on. And that's where we need to be walking. Now I need to manifest that in my life. The peace that I have. It's a commodity. Come on. And Isaiah 9. Now I'm going to do my best. Isaiah 9. In order for you to express this peace. To demonstrate this peace. That you have. Number one you have to understand that that is the work of righteousness. It's what it produced. Okay. 
right relationship. And Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Who is that? That's a prophecy about Jesus. Now remember the prophet Isaiah was really focused. And I, I, I'm not going to have time, but I've got over 20-something scriptures we could talk about just to, in the prophets here that talk about peace and God's purpose for the coming of the Lord. All right? But this is one of them. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That is Jesus. That's his humanity. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Say order. order. Divine government. And his name shall be called Wonderful. How many of y'all believe that Jesus is a wonder? Say, I walk like that. He's just so wonderful. He is a wonder. He is one to be wondered at. He is wonderful. He is counselor. He confounded the wise, the rulers. Come on, at 12 years of age, he's sitting there and he's confounding them. Counselor. He is the mighty God. As God, he went and healed the multitudes. The mighty God. But he's not just a son that was given. He's not just a child that was born. And he's not just, come on, he's not just wonderful. He's not just a counselor. And he's not just mighty God. He is everlasting Father. Come on, say everlasting Father. So if he's a son, how can he be the Father? Because God was in him. Reconciling the world to himself. Say reconcile. reconcile. Bringing peace. Do you understand? Everlasting Father and then what? Prince of Peace. Fivefold ministry. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Fivefold ministry. Do you understand? And the last thing in God's order or wholeness and fullness is what? To us. Peace. The last thing in his order for us is peace. Say peace. peace. He's wonderful to us. He's counseled to us. He's mighty God to us. He's everlasting father to us. But he is prince of peace. It's the last in the order of God's fullness and wholeness. Peace means wholeness. Shalom in the Hebrew. So the last thing in God's order is wholeness. Peace. Watch. And then he goes on and he says this. And of the what? Verse. Okay. Of the increase of his government. Notice. Prince of peace and increase in his government is connected. And peace. Of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end. So that his government is connected to what? Peace. You cannot operate in this kingdom without walking in peace. You will never produce anything in this government if you don't have peace. Without it, you do not operate in this kingdom. You might operate in another, a lot of other kingdoms, but you cannot operate in the government or the kingdom of God without peace. I can't pastor without peace. I can't live for God without peace. I can't serve God without peace. It is impossible because that is the realm of the kingdom. 
That's the way God operates. He operates through peace. That's why he brought in this new age. That's what he brought in this kingdom. This is the characteristics of this kingdom. And I'm telling you today, if you don't have peace, you're doing nothing in the kingdom of God. Because that is the realm of the operation of God's kingdom. If I don't have peace, I can't call you to a higher place. If I'm low, if I'm down and I'm out, I can't call you to the high place. Colossians 2. Let the peace of God reign in your heart. If your trouble's reigning in your heart today, you're not operating in the kingdom. Your trouble should not be on the throne today. Peace should be on the throne. Peace and the throne go together. Do you understand? So I have to learn to walk in this peace. If I'm ever going to be productive in God's kingdom. All right, y'all with me here? Of the increase. Now I'm slowing down a little bit. I had to get that introduction out of the way. Now I'm going to get to the message. Okay? Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it. Come on. Again, so the last thing in God's full order is what? Peace. That is the characteristics of the kingdom. If you don't have it, you don't operate in the kingdom. It's impossible. Impossible. If I don't have peace, to administer peace. If I don't have peace, I can't dispense peace. Are you with me today? Come on. Because you know why? Because I'm always trying to dig myself out of the hole. And if I'm always trying to dig myself out of the hole, I am not effective in the kingdom of God. You see, I should be training kings to reign. I should be training you to reign. You're looking at an ambassador to kings. I am an ambassador to kings. I'm looking at kings and queens here. Do you understand who you are? You are in the kingdom realm of God. By the Spirit. You're in a totally new realm dimension in the Spirit. You are kings. So why worry? If you're a king, why fear? That's why he says in Colossians 2, let the peace of God reign in your hearts. Peace has to reign in your hearts. If it doesn't reign, come on, then you cannot operate in the kingdom of God. But where do most, I'm going to get down here with you, talk to you, where do where most of us live? Worried about everything. Worried about money, worried about a job, worried about car payments, worried about, oh, you know what I'm saying? Worried about everything, worried about relationship with God, worried about demons and worried, come on. Whole life is controlled and dominated by fear. Worried about the future, worried about the present, worried about the past. That's where the people... But you, I'm telling you, that's why we are not producing in the kingdom of God like we should. Come on. Because more of that outside world controls us than the kingdom of God that we're in. The ways of this world, the way it thinks and the way it acts and the way it looks dominates and controls the body of Christ. Come on. 
Now, how many of you want me to get deep here? You want me to get deep here? The only way I can get deep is if you're deep. If you're shallow, I can't get deep. Deep calls to deep. If you're deep, I can give you deep. You, you won't understand order. You won't understand order or God's government if you're not walking in order. But if you're walking in order, more order can be preached to you and you will increase in order because you're walking in order. If you're not walking in order, you don't understand what I'm talking about when I preach order. Do you understand? If you're not walking in peace right now and you think peace is just some future event, then come on, then you cannot experience what I'm saying because you have to be walking in peace for peace to increase in your life. It's just the law of God. Do you understand? <laughs> How many believe God is a right now God? And this is a right now kingdom. And it's a right now peace for us. Do you believe that? If you believe that, then it, can, it will just keep increasing, 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 increasing. His government, His kingdom, His peace, the deepness, the order, it will just increase, increase in your life. Not because God has given you more. It's because you have entered into the more. Because the kingdom of God is something that we have already entered into. But the Bible says it's something that we are also entering into. Do you understand? Now that, that I'm not trying to use, you know, real cute phrases. I'm trying to give you truth here. So if you're increasing in peace and in, in government and the kingdom of God, you're entering into it. It is not because God just gave you a little bit of his kingdom. And a little bit of his peace. He gave you the whole thing. His works were finished from the foundation of the Lord. He gave you the finished, complete work. You already have that. But are you taking that that you already have? Are you walking in that that you already have? Are you entering into it? That's the question. So it's not that God gives you more. It's that you access more. That you walk in more of it. That you live by faith in more of it. Do you understand the difference? So you can't blame God. You can't take your little old bony finger and point it up to God and say, God, why don't you give me peace? I say, what are you talking about? I am peace. I gave you everything. I've given you everything. I've given you infinite peace. You can't point your bony finger at God and blame God. God's already provided everything. The problem is not with God. The problem is with us, honey. Do you hear what I'm saying? So I, I, I made up my mind to get everything God has for me. Man, if he laid it all out there for me, everything I need, it's already there. I made up my mind I'm going to get it. Hallelujah. I'm going to enter into every bit of it. How many of you got peace today? Be honest with me. And I think some of that is because you're starting to learn to walk in what we, we preached last week and now. Come on. So it increases in us because we're walking it out. We're entering into what God has already given us. Do you understand? Praise the Lord. Now, if you're not walking in this kingdom of peace, 
then what happened is the devil will take advantage over you. And he'll pull you out of the purpose of God. He'll pull you out of your position in God, your place in God. Come on. Because he wants to fill you with fear. That's his realm. That's where he operates is darkness and fear and doubt and unbelief and carnality. Do you understand? That's why you've got to have the peace of God in this kingdom realm to operate in the kingdom of God. Because you'll never, you'll never fulfill the purpose of God if you don't. Okay. Does this help anybody here today? Take your peace. It's already there. It's a commodity. You ever been around somebody that drove you crazy? And I'm not talking about because they're crazy. <laughs> I'm, talking about, I'm talking about because they just have this peace of God. And I mean, it can be all falling apart around them. But they just have this ability just to reach up and grab peace and walk in the spirit. And, and you're just going nuts. You're pulling your hair out of your head. And, you know. And you look over at them and they're so, you know, they got so much joy and victory and peace. And, and you think, well, they just must not be going through anything. No, they have learned to walk by faith. They know how to access God, His presence and His provision. They know how to walk into the eye of the storm. And that drives people crazy. Who are normally just warriors. Who are afraid of everything. They see their own shadow. Ah! You know. <laughs> Hallelujah. But when you walk in this realm of peace. This wholeness. Wholeness in body, soul, and spirit. When you walk in that. It is, it's a prosperity of body, soul, and spirit. It's not the absence of conflict. It's not the absence of trouble. It's a wholeness that you walk in because you know how to move in that. You know how to move in the spirit. You know how to access that. Come on. The peace of God. Now, he says, watch. In Isaiah 9. He said, upon his, okay, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it. Say to order it. And to establish it with judgment. And with justice. From henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So you can't have this little passive thing about you. There's nothing in the Bible that teaches that Christianity is this passive thing. Passive. This passivism. This, that is not Bible. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent. Take it by force. You take it by force. I take my peace by force. I enforce it. I enforce peace in my life. The devil cut. Come on. I can't even get off on this subject. i got to keep trying to give you practical things. If a thief comes into your house and just starts picking up your couch and walking out the door, well, you know what? He'll just keep walking out the door with your couch unless you enforce the fact that you own that. 
Where are you going with that couch? I'm putting it in my house. No, you're not. That's my couch. So if you let the devil, he'll come and he'll take your peace. He'll just load it up, man. He'll throw it in the back of his truck and he'll drive off with it. And because you're, you know, you're a good little Christian and you're so passive, you know, that you even love the devil. You're, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. You even love the devil, you know. You're so passive. What, when he lo- tries to load your couch up or tries to take your peace, where you go with that? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom is. You can't have that. Put it back. You have to enforce what God has given you. You have to possess your possessions. That's where the war is. So the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. You've got to get a zeal about you. You've got to get a fire about you. You've got to get a war about you that says, no, that's, that belongs to me. You can't have my peace. You're not going to take peace from my family. Come on. Do you understand? I'm trying to let you know who you are and what you have available to you. But it's zeal that performs it. It's not some pew-sitting person that never moves in God. Come on, you're not in that old religious system you used to be a part of. You're in a power, in a church that's got power. In a church that's got the spirit in it. You're not in that old dead, dry, formal stuff anymore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. You're not listening to some dead, dried up preacher. You listen to a Holy Ghost field man. In a Holy Ghost church. The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. You've got to get a zeal for God. You've got to get a zeal for God to get in the kingdom. You've got to get a zeal for God to grow up in the kingdom. You've got to get a zeal for God to get everything that's in the kingdom. Doesn't say, you know, you think about peace, you think about passivity. So God just blows that away. He said, it's not the passivity that's going to get the peace. He said, it's zeal that's going to get the peace. Come on. Come on. Come on, church. I'm talking even to the balcony back there, whoever you are. Yeah, yeah. Brother Ricky pitched it over his shoulder. He said, I don't want nothing to do with that, all that passive stuff, Pastor. So I'm trying to help you understand where the battle is. The battle is against anything that takes what God has given to you already. Say the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I'm going to get the fullness of God's order for me. Peace by zeal. I'm going to get zealous for God. Zealous for his kingdom. Now watch. He says this. Praise the Lord. He's the prince of peace. Of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no no end. 
And he talks about what performs it is zeal. Now, I'm telling you that most people think that peace is passivity. Oh, I'm just going to be passive. The more peace I have, the more passive I become. No. The more peace you have, the more zealous you become. My Lord. You know what? I could look, I could look at people and I, I, right now, and you can say, well, how could you judge that, Pastor? By the Bible. I can walk up to people right now and I can know if they're walking in peace. You know who they are? They're, they're the radical wackos. They are. They're, they're the radical wackos that you can't keep them set down, you know. Would you just sit down a minute? I just can't. I've got too much peace. I've got too much victory. I've got too much power. You can't, you can't hold down God. You can't hold him back. You can't suppress him. And I guarantee you the people that are sat there and they got worry and doubt and fear all over their face, they don't have peace. The ones that are all passive, sitting in the pew, you know. You walk up and you ask them, you got peace? Oh, yeah, peace. Peace, you know. They're like President Nixon. <laughs> Lifting his little hand, you know. Not, yeah. And I, well, I don't like that sign, but peace, you know. I got peace. Yeah, I know you're in Watergate. You're a, you're a peace. You're a Watergate, man. You're a criminal. You're a crook. Hallelujah. Come on. Praise the Lord. So don't just tell me you got peace. Because you might be a crook. What you need to do is you need to get zealous and radical for God. And I'm telling you, that is a contradiction to the world. It is a contradiction to your religious background. But God didn't come to give you religion. He came to give you a relationship. And that relationship produces peace that is zealous. I don't have to walk up to the radical wackos and ask them, how are you doing today? I know how they're doing today. You know who I go and ask the question, how are you today? The ones that have gotten quiet on me. You ever notice that? You ever get a call from me and says, now, how you doing? <laughs> that, that number one tells you that you have gotten quiet on me. <laughs> okay? I don't worry about you if you're running, you're hanging from the walls, pulling the wall down, knocking holes in the, you know. You're pull, hanging from the ceiling, knocking holes in the wall, kicking the pews over. I don't worry about you if you're doing that. I know you got peace, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, this kingdom is a contradiction to the world and to religion that tells you to be passive and just sit in your pew. And just accept, you know, what will be, will be, you know, this passive fatalism. Ah, oh, man, that's not the Bible. That's President Nixon. Poor man, he, he can't even be dead, can he? I don't even leave the poor guy dead. Do you understand? Boy, that had to be the Holy Ghost, man. Come on. So I'm telling you, it's just the opposite of what you think it is. It's just the opposite of what your old religious system used to tell you. Just come here, sit in a pew, be quiet. 
And if you are not quiet, you are disrupting things. And, and if you ever say amen in some of those places, they look at you like, you committed sacrilege in the holy house of God. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Come on, get some zeal about you. You know what I'm talking about? You, ever, you see brother and sister, all of a sudden, boy, they're radical. They've been running. They've been praising the Lord, jumping, dancing, all that, you know, and serving God. And all of a sudden, they get real quiet, and they're sitting on the pew, and they're just not the same anymore, are they? And what do you start thinking? I wonder what's wrong with brother so-and-so. Wonder what's wrong with sister so-and-so. They used to be radical. They used to just, you know. But now all they do is just sit there. They have become passive. Which means they don't have peace anymore. They don't have peace anymore. <laughs> I'm having a good time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody back here in the balcony. God is awesome. We need to learn how to walk in this peace because we know that unless you have that peace, you don't operate in the kingdom of God. Come on. But we need to know what we've got to do to get that. We've got to take it, and the way we take it is by being zealous for what God has already given us. Not being passive, folding your arms like this in church. You know what's going to make the difference in you? Is what you do with what you hear in this house. If you act, if you walk in this word, if you respond to this word. Come on, that takes a certain amount of zeal, doesn't it? Man, I know it takes some effort when you're sitting in the pew and the word's going forward. I know it takes some effort. To get up, man, which means it took some zeal. But I'm telling you, if you'll, if you'll start moving in this, you'll have peace, which passes all understanding. It'll keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Come on, I want everything he's got, man. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 9, he says, again, he says, The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Are you here today? Of the increase of his government peace, there shall be no end. Hallelujah. You know what? I'm going to let you go. I'm going to have to take another week. Because if I keep preaching, if I go into the next phase, I will be here for another two hours. Are you here today? Now, I'm not, listen, I'm not patting myself. It's not about me. It's about the Word of God. It's about you. See, I got about 10 hours worth of material that I'd like to give you in about two hours. Are you here right now? 
The Bible talks about in Numbers, it says that the Lord will lift up his countenance upon thee and give you his peace. You know what it literally means? The Lord will lift up his eyes and look for you. To give you his peace. It's like somebody that goes, hmm, who can, I, who can I give peace to? I can give peace to somebody who walks in peace. I can give peace to a son of peace. And the Lord is literally looking for you. He's lifted up his countenance upon you to do what? Oh, yeah, right there, right there. There's somebody right there. Yeah, I'll give him my peace. I'll give him more peace. Do you understand? A man by the name of Phineas in the book of Numbers. The Bible tells us that the Israelite people got involved with Moabite women. And this man Phineas, the plague of God, broke out all over the camp of the people of the Lord. Because they started mixing with Moabite. Come on. They got into idolatry and fornication with Moabites. And God broke out a plague all over that place. Come on somebody. And a man by the name of Phinehas, as the way the King James says it, it's probably pink ass. He took a sword and he drove it through a Moabite woman and an Israelite man. Her name was Cosba. Cosby. He drove the sword right through their abdomen while they were in a relationship of, of, of uh, fornication. And you know what God said? He said, because of your zeal, Phinehas, I will make a covenant of peace with you. And you shall be a priest in your family unto me forever. You talk about zeal. God said, because you've got zeal. You'll even take a sword and drive it through idolatry and fornication. You'll drive it through adultery. Because you've got that zeal. I'm going to make a covenant of peace with you. And your family shall be a priest unto me. God said, I lifted up my countenance. I found a man I could put peace in. Somebody that was zealous. Somebody that was radical for God. He said, I found that man. I put peace in him. I'll make a covenant of peace with him. Give God some praise. Manasseh. The Bible talks about a wicked king named Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah. When he, was, when he became king at the first, he caused all kinds of idolatry to take place in the house of Israel. You know what God did? God took him to Babylon, took peace away from him. Babylon means confusion. He started walking in confusion. Come on. He, was, he became captive. And the Bible says in his affliction, he humbled himself before God. And when he humbled himself before God, a part of that was he offered peace offerings unto the Lord. And God took him out of confusion, took him out of Babylon, and put him back into what? The kingdom! Put him back in the kingdom out of confusion. And in the process, he offered peace offerings. Peace offerings, when you offer peace offerings in the Old Testament, a peace offering is a renewing of the covenant between you and God. And so because this man renewed his covenant with God, God took him out of confusion and put him back in the kingdom. And it was related to peace. Go through, you go through one thing after the, another in the scripture, you're going to see it. Give God some praise. And all the sacrifices. In fact, introduction. 
We talked about it last week. One aspect of introduction literally means to offer up, which means to be sacrificial. It's like offering sacrifices. All the sacrifices, come on, were to make peace with God. Peace with God. The whole thing, prophetic. The whole thing by way of sacrifice. The focus was peace with God. Do you got that kind of zeal? I don't care where you are right now. You could be a man at Manasseh, an idolater, a backslidden king. If you're, and in your affliction, let God humble you and offer peace offerings unto God. You know what? He will restore you, take you out of confusion, and put you in His kingdom. Give God some praise. <clears throat> Isaiah 57. Watch this. <clears throat> the righteous perisheth. Say the righteous perisheth. The, righteous perisheth. The, the man who's justified. The man who's in a right relationship with God. The righteous perisheth. You know what that is in the Hebrew word? The Hebrew word is ovade. O-V-A-D. Ovade or ovad. Do you know what that means? He disappears. It doesn't mean he's destroyed. The righteous man is not destroyed here. He disappears. He perisheth or obeyed, disappears. And no man layeth it to heart. And merciful men are taken away. The word taken away is asaf. The Hebrew word asaf, which means it means to be gathered. It is a word of gathering in of the harvest. It is the gathering in of the reproduction. It is a gathering in of what the plowshare has produced. It is a gathering in of what the pruning hook has produced. Come on somebody. A sop. Taken away or gathered in to the harvest. Now watch this. Who is this happening to? The righteous. He said, but none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil. Say evil. evil. The righteous is taken away from the evil. And then the italics to come. Now prophetically, that's a future event in an ultimate sense. Come on, God's protection upon the righteous. His deliverance upon the righteous. And then ultimately the catching away of the righteous. Come on, in the, at the time of the rapture, post-tribulationally. But watch this. When it says this, we can apply this to the Spirit. Because these prophets spoke to the Spirit. They spoke to the present reality in the Spirit. Not just the physical manifestation, but the spiritual reality of it. So when you read this, the spiritual reality, the righteous disappear or perisheth. No man layeth it to heart. And merciful men are taken away as soft, gathered in as one that has been harvested. None considereth that the righteous is taken away from the evil. Say the evil. I've been taken away from the evil. You know what evil is? It's L-I-V-E spelt backwards. Live. Live. Evil is live spelt backwards. Now watch this. I'm trying to show you something. When you get in a right relationship with God, you're no longer backward to God. If you're backward to God right now, you're evil. Did you hear me? 
If you're backward to God, you're evil. But if you are rightly, rightly, rightly related to God, then you have life. You live. So where have I disappeared? I have disappeared from evil into life. I am no longer backward to God, evil. But I live to God because of my relationship. So I have disappeared from the old into this new life. I'm no longer backward to God. Watch this. I'm gathered to Him. Now watch this. Verse 2. He shall enter into peace. Not something future right now. Because I'm no longer backward to God. I have. I live. And because I live in a right relationship with God. I am taken away from that evil. I have. What has happened? If I'm taken away from the evil. Now, I, now where am I? Where have I been translated to? I have entered into peace. If you're backward to God. Then you're evil. And you're not living. And you're not in peace. But if you're rightly related to God, if you're properly aligned to God, then now you have life. You're living. And you've moved from evil to live in peace. But the Bible says there are some that don't take it, that lay it, uh, and no man layeth it to heart. And there are some who don't consider these things. We are called right now in this prophetic hour, in these last days, to consider it. This is not for church people. This is for real kingdom people. People who are sold out, dedicated to God, have a zeal for God. These are the people who are taken away from evil and have entered into peace. Give God praise. That's just a few examples. Praise the Lord. Now going back to Isaiah 9. I'm going to close with this. I'm just going to give you. I'm going to give you the outline for next week. When you have this peace. That I'm talking about. This wholeness. That I'm talking about. Because of a right relationship with God. Through Jesus Christ's finished work. On the cross. Because you have this. You will express it. It is something that must be expressed. You take it by force. With zeal. And you grow up into its fullness. By zeal. Come on. And then when you do. It begins to be seen in your life. But there are certain things that seek to take your peace. You can make an acrostic out of the word peace. P-E-A-C-E. Say with me, peace. peace. Number one, in order to have peace, you have to have kingdom prayer. I'm not talking about just prayer. I'm talking about kingdom prayer. You have to have kingdom prayer because that is your relationship with God. P, kingdom prayer. Number two, E, equity. You have to walk in equity. Equity means fairness. It means 
to be balanced it means to be just it is in the area of your relationship to people okay equity kingdom prayer p equity e all right right relationship with god right relationship with people and then a ascension you have to walk in ascension life but before you can walk in ascension life you have to walk in descension what is it before he ascended he first descended so you have to descend first before you ascend which means you have to die to self to what you want okay and then you will ascend and that is your relationship to things come on relationship to things ascension life is living above the things it's walking in the spirit not fulfilling the lust of the flesh you have to live ascension life P-E P kingdom prayer E equity A ascension life and the next one is C you have to have closure that is your relationship to your past there has to be closure to the past to the sin come on to the failure that's in the past you have to have closure that's your relationship to the past come on and then the last one E eternity if you get and that's your relationship to the future if you get P-E-A-C you'll get the last one eternity if you get those first four right you'll get the last one it's because eternity will take care of itself but if you don't get your relationship with God right you don't get your relationship with people right if you don't come on if you don't walk in ascension life dying to what you want if you don't have closure to the past then your future is not automatic but if you get these others right then you have peace you will have eternity so the Lord willing next week we're going to talk about these things kingdom prayer what does that mean we're going to talk about equity. What does that mean? Let me just give you a little tidbit. If your attitude towards people is not right, you don't have peace. If you're always trying to get in the middle of everybody else's business, you don't have peace. If you make yourself a judge of evil thoughts, you don't have peace. Because you're always trying to figure out what's wrong in somebody else. And why they're doing what they're doing. And why they're acting like they're acting. That will take away your peace because you're trying to be God. Okay? Now I got people always wanting me, man, get in the middle of that, Pastor. You need to take care of that. You need to deal with that. I said, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not getting in the middle of it. Why aren't you, Pastor? Because I don't know why they're acting like they're acting right now. But give it time. God, if they really walk with God... God will work it out. Yes. 